This is Maurice Jones-Drew, and you're listening to the What's Brewing Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for West Coast Bias. The show brought to you all the way from the best coast. It's the West Coast Bias, that is. Aw, yeah. Hello, welcome to West Coast Bias. I'm your host, Jake Merrifield. I'm joined here by my good friend, Cal Bear, Jamal, artist. We got the X. Good job, Jamal. I'm real proud of you. Yeah, so so am I. I did it all by myself. <laughs> At least one team came through yes. for us, unlike the Bruins. Right. Still sad. Still very sad. Uh, but uh, Jamal, the Lakers are currently, until like you know an hour and a half from now or two hours from now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. on a three-game win streak. Winning streak, baby. Anthony Davis is a stud, apparently. By the way, we need to talk crap on all of our LA teams more often, minus the NFL teams. But <laughs> because everything we said about last week, you know, I'm calling it like, the script got flipped on yeah. some of those teams, especially the Lakers. What did we said? Uh, uh oh, uh, they won uh, a game, so that means they're going to lose five in a row. They went ahead and won three in a row, and, which is nice. And some of those games in pretty convincing fashion, which we haven't seen them do in a long time. I mean, yeah. we've seen them win games, but it's always like one of those things where they got to blow the third quarter. And they might pull away at the end of the fourth quarter, win by That's five. That's been the formula, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but this this time they were like, nope, we're going to put some whoopings on some teams, and they did. I do like that. And uh, credit Anthony Davis through the whole uh, winning streak. I mean, he's been on fire. He's been playing like the guy that we've wanted him to play all this time. Um, you know, we've got bubble Anthony Davis. Uh, what he, he set a, he tied a record most games in a row three or you know three games in a row where he scored uh, actually it was four 30 points and at least 16 rebounds um tying like or equaling a record with like Walt Chamberlain and I believe like Shaq like it, it's it's pretty great right now to be yeah. a Laker fan when you look at the Lakers stats he's leading him in four in, in points rebounds steals and blocks yeah, pretty good. So, and the rebounds aren't some sad number. It's a twelve rebound. You know, like uh, I'm so used to him in like the nine and a half range or whatever. That's well, good. Yeah, and you know, um, was it? I guess it was the last game against San Antonio. He had 18 points in the first quarter, so you thought he was going to have to go for 50, and he didn't. I mean, I was I was checking the second quarter stats, um, and it was like, wait, why did he only get 20? Was he hurt? <laughs> Something happened. Uh, after the first half and no they literally didn't have to put him in again until like two minutes left in the half that's how that's how efficient the rest of the team was that they didn't need to put him right back in uh, in order to maintain their lead and we finally got a look at uh thomas bryant and um schroeder the, the schroeder dog yeah and uh, what do you th- think about their kind of debuts to the lakers well i said if if schroeder there in the second half um if uh he was hitting his threes there in the second half to kind of when San Antonio was trying to make a run run of it. Um, and I said on uh, the tweets that if he's hitting his threes, I mean, he, he had uh, 13 points. He only had two assists, but in 23 minutes, 13 points uh, in that game. If he's hitting his threes at the end like he was, then it's kind of like the, what is it, the human cigar, uh, victory cigar. Because if he's hitting his th- th- points at, at the end there, then it's, yeah. other teams are going to catch up. I mean, that unit was pretty awesome there at the end. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, they, they made it to 5-10. and 10. <laughs> Yeah. Still a wrong, long road to get to 500, but, I mean, 
you know, uh, well, their schedule is also going to lighten up a little bit after being just brutal because now they have two against San Antonio, Indiana, Portland. Those are all winnable, sandwiched by Phoenix and Milwaukee. Right. Uh, and then, and then you got, you know, Washington, uh, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly. You know, Detroit, Boston, Denver. You know, those are kind of the the rest of the games through mid December. So I mean, you definitely could make some hay there. I would hope. Uh, somebody posted that if they went um, for the rest of the season, if they their winning percentage was five fifty seven, they'd end up at forty two and forty easily. If not the sixth seed, at least the top uh, uh, play in game seed. Um, and I mean, it, it's not nuts if they stay healthy. Uh, and conceivably, if they gel, they could go on some sort of run like that. And the good news is they already got two of the games against the Clips out of the way, two of the games against Denver out of the way. They won one of those games, uh, one and three in the in that stretch. Uh, and they got a game against uh, Golden State out of the way as well. Um, so, like I said, yeah, there's you know there's only so m- many of the top teams left for them to look at. Uh, so, you know, uh, that is, I guess, some some hope, optimism. Now, miracles do happen. how good do they have to play in order for them to pull a trigger on a deal? And do you still want them to pull a trigger on the deal? Oh, do you yeah. still want Westbrook out? <laughs> yes. uh, you know, he's, it's funny because the story's been Anthony Davis, uh, and you really haven't heard anything about Russ because he's just been playing fine, right? Well, he's, he's just been fine. I, I know he hurt his thumb. Right. I saw, Jeez, dumb. I <laughs> That's a reference that us, uh, us who commemorate the – Germans bombing Pearl Harbor. That's right. And we'll understand. Um, well, I did see some stat out there. I th- I want to say bench points and assists. He is in the top five in the NBA for that, um, which is great. But, uh, you know, Buddy Heald is hitting like 40% from threes. Yeah. Miles Turner is averaging 23 points. I'm like. Um, and he's also averaging just under four turnovers a game. You're right. It's like, uh, yeah, for Westbrook. Um, it's great that he's found a role with this team where we thought he had none, especially how disastrous it started. Um, I'm talking about this at the beginning of this season where he's like, Oh, and nine and things like that. But uh, if, if Indiana still wants to tank uh, and get out of those contracts, I still say pull the trigger. I mean, this team is not winning a championship. This team isn't a contender, but if, if your chances are better of making the postseason. With a deeper roster, having Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, I just say do it. Who cares about those picks? Who I mean, just do it. And and why? Just for if an they get it, look, sake. look, and just for the fact that you know they, you know they're they're obviously not going to tank. They don't have any draft picks and all that stuff that's already gone. But there is a non-zero chance that Anthony Davis has plays out of his mind, and then LeBron is healthy. And then, look, you have a puncher's chance against anybody, and you're probably a pretty good team at that point if you also have the shooting, the healed, and, and, and Miles Turner and all that stuff. And do you think that it's fair to say that, you know, whatever Westbrook is giving you, do you think that Patrick Beverly and Schrodog can combine to give you an approximation of that, you know, with the, the, the absence of Westbrook minutes, can they do a decent job? As a point guard yes. on a team, it feels like to me that they they can be. I don't yes. see why not. Yes. Right, right. You know, and Shodog has been proven, and it's a couple of years ago as a good six man. You know, he's got the same sort of, you know, he, he does it differently, but he's he's got the ability to really fill it up, or at least he did. You know, but give him the opportunity again. He played well uh, in his, you know, in his uh, when he was banished. You know, so and then Patrick Beverly is. A proven commodity, right? To a degree, you know, right? And the experience and all that stuff, and Energy. then you hope that some other, you know, the the Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn, you know, Austin Reeves, you get 
a, you know a, a, you know a player and a half of good play out of that. And we have, I mean, right? and you have win, so far. You know, in his win streak, certainly Lonnie Walker and Austin Reese have yeah. shown that they're. Uh, Who knows about Kendrick Dunn? But I mean, right. you know, but but it, but those are that's you subtract Westbrook from the guard rotation. Hopefully, you can cobble together something good, and, right. and, it, and it frees up some guys to, to play better. And then you're obviously adding a ton to your front court. Right. Uh, right. In that, well, he'll. He's small forward, right? right. He's yeah. a small forward, but you know he's he's a catch and shoot guy. He's yeah. not. He's not. They're they're not there asking him to play perimeter defense, um, or and, interior defense. Or interior, right? <laughs> they're just asking him to shoot, right? Exactly. <laughs> but Miles Turner gives you a little bit of everything. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And another guy that you know, like that's pretty formidable. If you say you're rolling out LeBron, AD, Miles Turner, and then you know the other guys that they have in the front court, you know, I think that's uh, that's pretty good, especially like. You know, they have these guys that are just kind of like contributor type guys that do like one thing pretty good. Right. You know, the Wenyan Gabriels and, and, and Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Is, yeah. So, look, I mean, I mean yeah, this would be fun to watch. We're talking about uh, having something more solid than that, you know, when they started 0 and 6 or 0 and whatever it was, 0 and 5, and, and then rolled out to a 2 and 10 start. So, yeah. yes. And if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to trade four of those guys, then. Then what are we doing then? Exactly. Just trade everybody then. Trade LeBron, trade Anthony Davis, and just just, just start over then. Right. Either do that or the other. But I'd rather be in a semi-competitive limbo than an absolutely depressing, you know, sub five hundred limbo. Right. Just throw away game. Like you, yeah. you look at the schedule. It's like we're not winning. What's the point? Not even going to watch that kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely the point. Okay. Right. Uh, so, with that being said, you said there was turnaround for other teams. Which one do you want to talk about next? Oh, uh, well, uh, I think I think I was going to say that. Um, when we were doing our calls last week, I said that um, I was done with uh, Cody Bellinger, and turns out so were the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, um, they did not offer the the option arbitration option that was uh, afforded to him, which would have been eighteen million dollars, and they decided to basically give him his free agency. Um, some people were saying when it happened that, well, maybe they're going to uh, uh, bring him back at a lower deal, um, and it sounding like more and more that that's just not going to happen um there were some reports from his agent um the horrible scott boris saying that uh there he doesn't want to sign a long-term contract uh, and be um just once a year right to try to give himself a chance to right get approve a contract which makes it sound like less less likely that he'll go to the dodgers that he'll probably go to some other team um and more than likely, a lot of people were like, well, great, he's going to end up on like the Giants, and then he's going to kill us in the regular season or something. And it was like, it sounds more like he would go to some some team like maybe the Cubs, who are in the in a rebuilding phase, uh, maybe even some some strange situation like the the Pirates or one of those type of teams, not necessarily a contender, where he can be an improved deal. If he improves in the regular season, then perhaps uh, making him a tradable asset because, again, he he, uh, he would just be a one-year deal, um, not taking up a lot of money. Um, so uh, people are like, well, he's got to be able to get his his uh, his mojo back, and I just think it's smart for the Dodgers not to look into him doing it with them because you can't pay somebody $18 million to try to get their swing back when his last 1000 Actually, his last 1,100 at-bats, his OPS, you know, combined on-base percentage and slugging percentage is 0. .543 or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. that is that is way below replacement level. Um, 
and his OPS plus uh, is something like you know fifty five. It's just it's just so far below the kind of production that you can ask for anybody. I mean, he he's he's technically the worst hitting player on the team, and his defense, as great as it is, is not enough to offset how much of a liability he is in the uh, in the lineup. And what do you think about um, the other guys that? Well, they didn't, uh, they didn't offer contract to Edwin Rios, right? Which I think is uh, part of that is uh, a guy whose glove wasn't going to be great and who's often injured, despite the fact that when he was healthy, he was hitting bombs and looked like a future corner, you know, first base or third baseman. Except you got a first baseman and third baseman in Muncie at, at third base and Freeman at first base, so there's really nowhere to put him. And I guess they weren't going to try to figure out if they wanted to have him a DH. So, you know, just give him an opportunity somewhere else. And uh, Kimbrell is a free agent, well, probably gone. He was going to be free. He was going to be gone anyway. Uh, the Trey Turner out there in free agency now. Oh, yeah, he's now. in free agency. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is technically a free agent, but do you think they're going to sign him soon? Well, the rumor was there was like, uh, it looked like it was a done deal last last week with another one year deal, get it out of the way real fast. And for whatever reason, it's not, uh, it hasn't been finalized. So I don't know what the holdup is. I haven't seen any reports. Everyone still thinks that he's going to be back. Um, but take that with a grain of salt because I would think that if the reports might have been a little early, that's not a good thing because maybe he's still contemplating his future. Yeah, and then um, the uh, no J- J- JT. Yeah, JT. That's yeah, what I was going to Justin Turner. Um, again, that might just be a thing where like they're they're freeing up some money, looking for some options, and they'll probably bring him back at a lower rate um, because really he can't he can't feel this position like he used to every day because of his age and health and. Uh, it, it might be one of those things where it's like Chase Utley at the end there where he was just part of the team contributing um, in terms of being a uh, a presence in the clubhouse, a leader. Um, but some this, there were some disconcerting reports saying that he uh, uh, he was not happy with the fact that um, – uh, he was not happy with the fact that there was no talk before – the end of the off season to see what his role might be coming back or f- figuring out a way to get this done again. And maybe he, he doesn't know what his options are with the Dodgers anymore, which makes you think that maybe there is no more role with the Dodgers. So they mm. might just be going in a completely opposite direction. Wowza. Yeah. Which that- is, you know, uh, he's a great contributor to the clubhouse, a great contributor to the community. He means a lot to LA in that aspect, but, He's been with the team since 2014, been a solid starter since 2015. It might just be time to turn the page. I mean, they just might need to do that. It happens, in, you know, with, happens the, with everybody. With everybody. Eventually. So, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, get on to football uh, quickly. Number one, Rams lose in New Orleans. <laughs> they have no quarterback. They have no quarterback. They have no. They have no. Alpha wide receiver. They have no running back. They don't really have a running back. Yeah, the, the uh, Daryl Henderson released today. Yeah. So uh, who knows what they're doing? Um, he looked more productive in this last game than uh, uh, Cam Akers had one the, leg still. Yeah, than Cam Akers and uh, and and yet. Why would uh, they? Why did they release? I, I I it's probably just basically signifying the white flag. I think I think they're not looking to stay competitive for the rest of the year. Um, there's no chance for them to climb out of the hole that they're in. 
and they're probably just looking at doing things in order to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the budget, right? They're just cutting corners here, cutting corners there, and in order to figure out where they're going to be next year when it comes to their uh, salary. And then also Cooper Cup, we had said. Uh, Henderson actually, like, bat out of the game too, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and we had said Cooper Cup last week high ankle sprain. Well, now we found out he had the surgery, and it's six to eight weeks. So that's pretty much it. They're not bringing him back this year. Yeah. So that's yeah. the end of his season. That's the end of the Rams season. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they get to get you know, ha- the Chiefs get to have their way with the Rams next week right. after having their way with the Chargers this week. <laughs> right. It was like a duplicate of last game, uh, the last year's game that I went to. <laughs> Where they were in a very competitive game with the Chiefs, and then uh, at the left, end, left too much Travis time Kelsey, on the clock. Travis Kelsey just uh, you know, scored like eighteen touchdowns yeah. on them. Yeah, too much time left on the clock. You kind of like, I was watching that. I was on a break at work and watching the end of it. And when they, uh, you know, the Herbert hits Keenan Allen, and they they get in the end zone, and you're looking at the the time. It's like there's too much time left on the clock. I mean, and and the funny and the the terrible thing was, I don't know what they were doing on defense there because. All they had to do was keep them from getting in the end zone, and there was nothing they could do. There was absolutely nothing they can do. Um, you know, I've seen enough of Staley. I've seen enough of this uh, of this um, medical staff. They got to fire the medical staff, and then they got to fire Staley because. And I know that's like he's only a second year, but to me, that guy is not. It might be one of those situations where it's like good coordinate, great coordinator, terrible head coach because he. It doesn't seem like he knows what he what he's doing. And you can say, well, a part of that is because he never has any healthy guys. Yeah. Uh, well, then fire the medical staff first and then get somebody in there who can actually coach a team because uh, it's just not working. I mean, <laughs> you know, where you have to write off two games, the Chiefs games, because because uh, of uh, scheme or personnel decisions, that's on the coach. They have lost two games to the Chiefs by six total points. Exactly. But it seems like they've done that. They do that all the time. Yeah. And certainly they've done that in the, in the Staley era. I say, you know, just fire the staff, the medical staff because they can't keep anybody healthy and then fire the uh, Staley and try to figure out um, bringing in somebody, maybe a more veteran person who can take this team over the hump because they have so much talent. It's ridiculous that they should still be losing these kind of games. No, I, you know, it's it really is a shame because you know, you'd like to, to root for the Bolts and have them, you know, kind of establish something here in L.A., especially as the Rams, you know, they won their Super Bowl and now they're going to, they're not going to be, you know, very good probably for the next year or two at least. Um, there is a window there for them, and uh, you like see the bolts make yeah. some hay, yeah. but it's not well, happening. Can, yeah. and especially since they have the you know the best you know quarterback in you know uh, on this side of the country, pretty much. Uh, they're, not, they're not too many better than him, um, and they have pieces to work with. But yeah, it's just a shame. Uh, Jamal, you have anything else you want to talk about? Oh, uh, shout out. I probably won't talk about it on the uh, What's Bruin show, but yeah, my team won the. Uh, I didn't want my team go won Bears. the Axe. Go Bears! But shout out to uh, Joe Starkey. Joe Starkey is uh, the Bears play-by-play man. Has been since 1975. His most famous call is obviously the band is on the field, which is the T-shirt I'm wearing from Home Field Apparel. Yep. Um, and that was his call. Um, in the big game 40 years ago, which was being commemorated this week, they actually unveiled a statue of um, of the game-winning touchdown. Um, so shout-out to him. It was awesome. Uh, uh, I li- actually listened to the game on the radio while I had it on TV because I wanted to hear Joe Starkey's call. So I'm happy that he went out his last two years, even with this mediocre, terrible team, uh, watching the uh, Bears win the Axe in Stanford last year and then win 
the axe at his last big game at uh, Memorial Stadium. So shout out to him. Um, there was a wonderful tribute for him uh, on uh, on YouTube uh, through Cal Athletics um, that you can watch. Um, and I, I think it was yeah, it was Cal Athletics who kind of highlighted his his uh, forty what forty seven years with the with the Bear, Cal Bears. Did you see the the statue? Did you mention that? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the mailing. Yeah, I did see that. So that uh, I just think it's awesome. You know, it's one thing. It's very cool. Megan tried to get you an axe, but they were all <laughs> gone. She didn't get one for herself. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but it, it is one of those things where uh, um, we as fans, we complain about having to sit through mediocre stuff. Imagine being employed by the team's radio station. I mean, there's a lot of year, a lot of barren years, a lot of tough times to have to be a Cal play-by-play man in football. And he weathered them enthusiastically. And one of the most fun aspects of, of being a, a Cal alum is, is listening to him call games. And uh, he deserves uh, all the praise he, he, uh, he got, uh, especially this weekend for uh, um, being a member of the Cal, Cal football family. And also just, uh, you know, like I said, he's immortalized. Anytime they play the, the big game from 1982 with the play, uh, you get to hear his voice go croaky um, calling it. But, you know, just to say the band is on the field is, is, is amazing for him. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, Jake, I did want to do one rapid fire Thanksgiving edition. Mm. Um, these are some questions I asked uh, of our guest from um, our one of our recent podcasts, uh, Joe Painter Lopez, who uh, I uh, I had on. Yeah, good interview, Joe. Uh, um, we talked all things LA sports. That was fun. So I did a rapid fire at the end just to make it a little fun. I'm gonna do it with you. I call it the Thanksgiving edition because it all has to do with Thanksgiving meal. Jake, what is your one go to that you have to have on your plate for Thanksgiving? Uh, everything, but. <laughs> No. Yeah. Turkey stuffing, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's, that's the that's one. That's everybody. That's the one. I mean, but if, the if, one. if you uh, if there was one thing you had to have, like if the- Oh, uh, gravy too. Okay. Uh, no, uh, if, that, if, if you showed up at a, a friend's giving- It's turkey because the turkey, like, it's really don't eat your, turkey that much. I don't eat that much turkey throughout the year. So, I mean, it'd have to be the turkey. And my wife, uh, she's she's browning a turkey right now as we speak. She's walking out of the, out of the studio. Uh, it would have to be the turkey. But, really- it is a cl- that's what makes Thanksgiving wonderful. Right. Unlike our friend Michael Castillo, who has the saddest Thanksgiving plate in the history of Thanksgiving's plates, where he has a small pile of ma- you know a small little sprinkling of mashed potatoes, and then five in- inches of distance, and then a couple pieces of turkey, and then five inches of distance, and then maybe like a piece of corn or something, and that's all that's on his plate. No, I mean it all has to get piled on. I know this is supposed to be lightning round rapid fire, Jamal, but obviously I have things to say. <laughs> okay, uh, dessert. What's your go-to dessert? <sighs> Pecan pie. Hell yeah. Made by who? Jamal. Exactly. Uh, pecan pie, but also chocolate cream pie, Ooh, but also pumpkin pie, but also um, any other pie that happens to be there. But uh, the, the one thing I love about it is like you could tell those are all like sort of like I can't do pecan in April. I have to, it has to be Thanksgiving. I fall. love pecan pie, but you're right. It's a, it's definitely seasonal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and same thing with chocolate. And that's why I didn't like pecan pie. It's kind of like booze. I didn't like pecan pie until I was an adult. Same. Uh, until I started making it. It is <laughs> literally like my favorite. Pro- it's it's right up there. It's like top three favorite desserts. I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, like like you know, get it get it hot. Put some ice cream on there. Forget about it. Damn straight. All right. Red or white, my friend. I know your wife is the wine drinker, but red or white? Uh, neither for me. And Sarah's so, just yes. 
Uh, <laughs> just a yes. Yeah, just get her a straw probably. Uh, but no, pro- on Thanksgiving, I think I bought a bunch of bottles of Chardonnay uh, for this Thanksgiving. But so yeah, I mean, with the poultry and stuff, I think it's white, and it's got to be white. All right, I like to do red because uh, my favorite is the dark meat. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people are like breast meat and they'll do the white, but I like to do the red because I like the dark. Well, meat. What kind of red? Um, a cab, definitely a cab. Yeah. Again, it's like one of those things. It's like uh, a cab in the fall with your turkey is awesome. Now, Jake. Call me a genius, or am I like everybody else? Because mm-hmm. you just mentioned Michael Castillo, mm-hmm. and you say he's got everything separate. That rat bastard. Yeah. My favorite leftover thing to do is just like you said, have everything just thrown in a bowl, warmed up, and just eat it. I don't care what gets in the stuffing, the turkey, the cranberry, gravy, mashed potatoes, just throw it all in there. It looks like a mess. Yeah. But it's so wonderful when you're just like digging into the bowl the next day. Yeah, no, I like constructing it. So I enjoy putting in each ingredient separately and then, you know, like, and then boom. And then, yeah, having it in a, in a pile on the plate or in the bowl. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, the whole separation of, of food on your plate is. Right. And it's, again, for, it's and, basically for assholes. And, <laughs> and kids. I was going to say, because again, when I was a kid. Kids and assholes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably like, uh, yeah, these have to be separate. These flavors are all different. As an adult, I'm like, throw it all in there. It's all going to the same place. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right there. And the most important question, and this might, this might depend on our friendship, Jake, cranberry sauce in a can oh, or no. homemade? Oh, we make it. Sarah has. Thank you. Sarah has a recipe. So do I. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing. In fact, I not only. But uh, we always buy. A can, yes, because there's always put somebody. on the table, yes, because I'm asshole. Yes. Once again, it has to, you know, but uh, yeah. In fact, I even use mine to do for Christmas. I do a cheesecake and use the same cranberry sauce as the topping. So we have a cranberry oh, yeah. cranberry cheesecake for Christmas. Yeah, Sarah's. Uh, we like her recipe so good. Yes, and it's like uh, Penguin of Troy's favorite that she actually asked for the recipe uh, to take to her home, which of course Michael won't touch. Right, and and he's an asshole. And folks out there, uh, as a Mexican. My stuffing has chorizo in it. Oh, that sounds good. It's pretty awesome. And for for and you know Mike Mike's here. I got to make him a soy riso one because I've made that for my sister in law when she was in her vegan phase, and she loved it. And actually, I tasted some too, and it was awesome. Soy riso. So I might just have to do that for you. Just uh, you're talking about the the whole putting it all together in a bowl and mush. I have a similar one. Although my favorite tradition the next day is to uh, get leftover biscuits. Big old sandwich, and and, and the yeah. biscuits are small, so I it's it's a stacked thing. I put stuffing, mashed potatoes. Yes. Um, well, back in the day, ham, the turkey. I put everything, and I just like went at it. Um, and this, but yeah, genius, oh, man, it's be so genius. Good. So right. so a happy Thanksgiving to all our West Coast bias listeners. That's right, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, Jake. Thanks, Jamal. Well, that's good. And uh, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, Jamal did a nice interview with Joe Painter. That's the show, the last show. West Coast Bias in this feed. If you're on Substack, it's the last show. If it's on, if you're on the, if you're on the What's Brewing network feed, it's like four shows back, I think. Or am I going No, just one show because it, you did the the right. uh, the recap. I just did my sad recap, right. and then it's the one before that. Anyways, uh, yeah, good job with that, Jamal. And then uh, until next time, Jamal, what do you say? We're West Coast. We're the best coast. We're West Coast Bias. West Coast Bias, dude, bro. We place a ball on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs>